The Bible says two men ought not lay together. After 200 episodes, you you boys ain't funny, ha ha. Funny queer. Well, I'm off to have me some potted meat and some of them soda crackers. I never met nobody named Lance before. Here's a joke for you. There's two men standing on the bridge going to the bathroom. One man said that the water was cold, and the other man said the water was deep. I believe one of them men was from Arkansas. I done send you a present. It's not much bigger than a baby squirrel. I put it in a shoebox I found out in the garage. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. Wackerly here. What's up there, Wackerly? Are you uh, ready for a regular, normal Sick and Wrong episode? Yeah. Compared to the shenanigans of last week? Yeah. I was thinking about this. That's a once in a... What's a once in a every 200 episode type event? Exactly. I, I think we kind of, I don't think people really fully grasp how intoxicated we were after, the, after that show. I, I think mean, I composed myself rather well. Did, oh no, but that's I, because I, I don't remember any of it. I, I do recall in at the end. In my mind, I was very composed. I do recall at the end you screaming something about licking your pussy just <laughs> over and over again. Uh-huh. But yeah. I mean, there were, it, didn't, it didn't devolve into fights or urinating on each other. I, I thought for the most part it was a, an all-around just kind of drunken, you know, jubilant experience. For the 400th episode, that's when we'll take LSD. Yeah. And be like apocalypse, apocalypse Now, you know, in the hotel room, smashing the mirror type shit. But it's nice that we're going to be safely within the confines of routine here for this show. It's a regular sick and wrong episode. I, right. I understand that disruptions are jarring, disorienting. Yeah. Is this a podcast for elderly people? I don't think we should be promoting how it's routine and boring. Well, no, I'm just saying it's like... <laughs> no we, surprises this episode. People don't get, worry. People get pissed. Like, they'll send us a note saying, like, you guys didn't do any stories. I'm not even listening to this episode. Oh, calls? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like, okay, dude, calm down. You know, we we don't want to, uh, you know, cause any kind of disruption well, in your life. We don't want to give you a heart attack. Yeah, people with mental problems get very fixated on their root, on their on routine, uh, yeah, their and habits. And know. when you do something out of the ordinary, which you know, I I actually like to do on this show. Every few episodes, I like to throw an interview, throw in something mm-hmm. a little different, keep people on their toes. But people act like it's like they're jerking off with their left hand. Right. It's or like, like they got a hand man. job from their grandmother. It's like something yeah. weird and they, they can't, Th- you know, they can't understand right. it. This isn't normal. Never thought I, that would I am, happen. I am disturbed. So for those people out there, take a deep breath, sit down, maybe push in your little earbuds a little tighter. 
Yes. And uh, you're going to have a normal, put sick on your, and wrong episode. Put on your crash helmet. <laughs> <laughs> just fasten that crash helmet and uh, just sit back and relax. So, Wacker, uh, how was the weekend? Did, um, did you end up a, a, having even more drunken uh, shenanigans? Uh, or did you take yeah, a few days well, off? I took a few days off. I mean, we recorded that show on Tuesday, so... Yeah, that was true. We did do it Tuesday. By Friday, I was back on the horse. Not yeah. heroin, but alcohol. <laughs> I can usually take a couple days off, but then, uh, you know, the weekend comes and it's just kind of have to go out and drink a little bit. What else are you going to do? Sit at home and watch TV? Boring. Exactly. So I ended up uh, having kind of a, yeah, once again, another debaucherous weekend. But Friday night in particular was, it's not as embarrassing as some of the, the stories I've told in the past where I've like smacked my head and slipped in my urine. But, oh, yeah. Do you want to tell that one again? I love it. No, I, I don't want to talk about that. But... I did get, I, I did feel some shame this weekend. I was ejected out of the cat club Friday night. The cat club. When's the last time you got kicked out of a club? Not even um, kicked out of a club, sort of dragged out of a club. Well, I told you I was, uh, I got the, the crab trap treatment. Or I guess it's the reverse crab trap treatment oh, when I was it? in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. <laughs> they didn't toss me, but you know how the crab trap, the crab goes in the door and it can't get out? Yeah, you had the reverse. The reverse. We, the door, me and my friend, in. we went out to have a cigarette, and then when we tried to come back in, they were like, no, <laughs> you're did, too drunk. Did you even try to put on a fake mustache and glasses? I and... was too drunk. If I was a little more sober, I probably would have thought of that. And be like, hi, I'm yeah. Joey Jojo. A hat. A big, a big hat. <laughs> a big hat. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would like to enter your bar. I have never been to this establishment before. <laughs> it looks very appealing to me. <laughs> And puke on the bartender or the bouncer's shoes. I got punched in the face. No, so anyway, I went over to the Cat Club. I hadn't been there in a while. I was hanging out with a couple friends of mine. Now the Cat Club is just a hipster bar, right? Yeah, it's kind of it's a not like a, spot. It's not like a burlesque or something. I mean, the name makes it sound like some type of like nineteen no, twenties nightclub. Although it, it was rather burlesque-ish, and there were go-go dancers on Friday night. Oh, all right, was, then. I've never been there. club night for uh, this club they used to do back in the 90s called 16. It was like the 12-year anniversary. Back in the 90s. Yeah, back in the 90s. <laughs> Whatever, so, Grandpa. There were a lot of aging hipsters there, uh-huh. and a lot of hot chicks. There were some young people, too. But the weird thing about it, there were a ton of trannies, because I guess the trannies all used to go to this. So like uh-huh. all the famous trannies from San Francisco, like Peaches Christ and all them. So they were there, and the trannies were Did doing the go-go dancing. Did you just name drop a tranny? <laughs> no, but you job. know Peaches Christ is like no. the biggest tranny here in the city? Sorry, I don't, I don't keep track she of She sponsors that. all those like uh, horror movie things at the Castro Theater. Whatever. Anyway, uh, she was there with a bunch of other grotesque trannies, and they were doing all the go-go dancing. And so it was just kind of a very you know San Francisco type of club experience. Are these big, obvious trannies or or like Thai lady boy? You don't really, you're not really sure trannies. No, massive, disgusting, yeah, big Adam's trannies. Apple. There was a, put it this didn't way: didn't even really shave for the night. One the tranny thing. did a dance to uh, "Bad Reputation" uh, by the Runaways, and. Uh, um, she gets up there, and she just basically, her whole dance, she was huge. I mean, she had a massive gut. Just pulled out two 40s of uh, MGD and just slammed them. That was it. And they yeah. just kept spitting it out. Performance trainings. Yeah, performance Not trainings. actual hooker trainings. But this way, they're if, different. If, if you woke up next to one of those, you probably would commit suicide. But they're not even out to do that. There should be a, a new West Side Story where it's the performance, like, funny trannies versus the actual sex trade trannies. Yeah, no, the, and the, two of yeah. them fall in love with each other. But these <laughs> like were the, Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> these were the type good. of trannies that you'd be like, 
Yeah, I know you're a big fat man dressed up as a woman. Right, and they know you know. And I think that's what they're going for. Right. So anyway, it was a festive experience. I was having a good time. Got really, really wasted. And then I found myself... You know how you get really, really drunk and you kind of lose control of the situation? Yeah. Next thing you know... Do I? Do I, next do thing I you, know that? <laughs> yeah, You've been I do. there before. Yeah. Next thing you know, I find myself doing drugs in the woman's bathroom with mm. a, a few girls. And right. uh, yeah, we're just doing a bunch of drugs. Yeah. And then I open up the door to leave and two bouncers just kind of just drag me out by the arms. It was just like, you're out of here. And I was like, what did I do? And they're just like, just, they didn't even say anything. Just dragged me through the bar and just kind of didn't throw me out. They just kind of pushed me out. And was just like, you're yeah. done. You're I can't done. imagine you you're were done. putting up too much resistance. I couldn't even do anything at that point. Did I mean, you at least say, do you know who I am? Do you I, know who I am? I was just like, no, you know, I should have been. Yeah, I do a podcast, man. No, I didn't you're, even say You're going to get bad mouth on the next show. This bar. Fucking Bart Beck from the uh, Cat Club. I hate you. So no, you don't I'm, have to tell me, but I, I'm going to assume when you say you're doing drugs in the bathroom, you're doing like hash suppositories. Yeah, it was uh, marijuana suppositories. That's oh, the way we okay. usually do it. Yeah. It's a, that's the new hip drug in San Francisco now. All right. And so, yeah. Now, anyway, I end up uh, getting booted. And uh, as I was walking, stumbling up uh, Folsom Street away from, um, away from the club, I was thinking, it dawned on me, they were kicking me out. Because they thought I was a pervert, not because I was doing drugs in the girls' bathroom. Did you have your pants down? No, but I mean, I, it bothered me, and in my drunk, you know, drug-addled mind, I was thinking, these guys must think I'm a pervert, which I'm not. I was just doing drugs in the bathroom. I wasn't right. ogling any girls going to the bathroom. I wasn't like sitting there listening to them pee, jerking off, you know, furiously. So I was going <laughs> to go back and tell the door guys that, you know how, like, you're so drunk, you just have no logic, no reason left at that point? Oh, yeah. So I was going to go back and say, you know, guys, listen, I just don't want, you know, you guys to have the wrong impression here. I'm not a pervert. I was doing drugs. Yeah. What you're describing is, is drunk and high. Yeah. I was drunk. Because it's not that you don't have any logic. It's that you have stupid, fucked up logic and the energy to, you know... Uh, Act upon your your ideas. I was overthinking the situation because I was stimulated, obviously. And so if I was just drunk, I think I would have just caught a cab and went home. Yeah. But since I was high, I was like, you know, I kind of felt bad. I'm like, these guys are going to think I'm a pervert And you got to rectify the situation, man. Because, uh, you know, if you don't, you're missing your chance. And that's all fucked up. Which would have been great to record that conversation. Then me getting my ass kicked would have been nice. (laughs) But anyway, I decided against it, which is good. And I just stumbled home through the the dark. The hash suppositories must not have been that great. Hash suppository kicked in. It was cut. uh, Yeah. Well, I'm just saying you weren't that high. No, I wasn't it's that cut high. With yeah. Cut with baby laxative. <laughs> it came out <laughs> cut immediately. With, cut with actual suppository. <laughs> oh, maybe I should go home and just shit myself. And I th- and that's pretty much what I ended up doing. But I, no, I was cutting through the tenderloin, which I should have taken a cab. But I was cutting through the tenderloin, and uh, just kind of a shady area, Hyde Street at night. But it dawned on me, and it was funny because I was sitting there thinking about this. Cause you know how like you're high, so you think of a lot of things. I'd yeah, already forgotten at the point. At once. Well, I already forgotten the, about the fact that uh, you know I was deemed a pervert just about ten yeah. minutes ago. You're onto other anxieties. I was onto other anxieties, and the only thing I kept thinking about was that shrimp-eyed killer from Cleveland uh-huh. and his house of horror, and how in the tenderloin or pretty much any urban environment like that, right? I don't think you could have a house of horror in the tenderloin. So you're trying to talk yourself down at this point on your walk back. You're like. 
some guy's probably not going to cut me up and put me in a basement because how would that even work in the well, tenderloin? It's line? dark. It's desolate. You're walking through there, and I was thinking, wow, you know, I could be abducted yet. and end up like, you know, chopped up and in someone's yeah. basement. But then I was yet, thinking... people are packed in like sardines. So how would a guy, you know, accomplish that? That's more of a, you know, neighborhood type thing. Well, not, it's not a downtown type th- thing. I guess the reason I was thinking about that is I had read a story earlier in the day about the shrimp bite killer. Also known We're the as, only person who calls him. Yeah, <laughs> we've coined the term. I kind of wish I, I was we a get journalist in Cleveland. When I hear that on Fox News, I hope we get cited. The shrimp-eyed killer. Yeah. So we're referring to Anthony Sowell, um, who in Cleveland lured women into his home in a busy neighborhood, busy crackhead neighborhood. He killed them mostly by strangulation, scattered their remains throughout the inside and uh, outside of his home. Uh, which is weird about this. So this article discusses how his brazenness defies logic. And if you think about it, most serial killers, you know, tend to like just pick up random hookers off the street, yeah. dispose their corpse dispose on the side of, of a highway. In, well, in many different places around the the county. Yeah, and, and that's what you think. This guy is inviting women into. He's luring women into his lair, right? And murdering them. He in wants his home. home base advantage, and you know everything else be fucked. Well, he he is uh, he joined an elite list of serial killers. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Home based. John Wayne Gacy. Home based. Um, one that we're going to talk about a lot of people don't know, Dr. Holmes. Uh, we're going to be discussing him in a second. But these, these were people who lure Ed Gein, he's another one too, uh-huh. who lured women, into, their victims, into their own home and then killed them and kept the remains in their yes. homes. Really, the, you know, the, the, uh, there's two types of serial killers there's the big bad wolf, Ted Bundy. Who's out prowling the countryside the predatory serial the pred- killer. and then here's this is the spider type yeah <laughs> the wolf spider <laughs> the wolf that lays in wait or you know somehow lures you in with some type of shiny object but according to a lot of experts this type of serial killer is somewhat rare mm-hmm. and so if you think about it the reason it's rare is because you need a perfect house of horror and it's difficult to have well, you one. need two things you need bait you need some shiny object to get your prey back to the nest. To the nest, okay. And then, yeah, you need uh, some way to hide your activities. And, yeah, conceal that, your activities. That's the house of horror part. So, so what I was thinking is, like, to have a house of horror, I think you need, a, you need to satiate a number of factors. You need, to, you need to have a number of factors that are satisfied here. One, location. I think location's key. Well, in all real estate, it's all about location. It's, it's location is <laughs> Whether key. you're talking about a family home to raise your children, you know, someplace to retire, or someplace to murder a lot of people. Location, location, location. location. And then you also need the right amount of equipment in order uh-huh. to cover your tracks and conceal, your, conceal the corpses, dispose of the corpses, so you can continue your hobby. And sometimes you need a way to obtain that equipment surreptitiously. Exactly, without people seeing it. Or knowing that you have it. Well, so, the Cleveland I mean, home, if you have, like, you know, uh, an arc welder, <laughs> that's probably not... Like, an oxyacetylene torch, that's fine. But then if you also have, like, you know, a log splitter, and you have, like, a bone saw... A wood chipper. <laughs> and you have, like, you know, an industrial strength kiln. Once you start getting all these things together, people start to suspect... Suspect that, that, that something becomes might be a going bit suspicious. On. Yeah, there, there's something going on because you don't need that when you live, you know, a couple blocks away in the yeah. tenderloin. Now you got to explain all these different hobbies individually. You could say like, well, you know, I, I like to 
sculpt metal. That's why I have the torch. You're like, okay, well, why do you have the kiln? Because I'm also like a potter. Okay, why the log splitter? I have a lumber business on the. Why the bone saw? I'm an amateur butcher also. I've got a lot of time on my hands, people. I'm unemployed over here. Yeah, an eclectic <laughs> amount of hobbies here. I've got a little bit of a like an uh, OCD problem with all these hobbies. That's all. I'm not a murderer, though. That's for sure. Well, so the the Cleveland House of the Shrimp Eye Killer, for all intents and pur- for all intents and purposes, seem like seems like the perfect layer. Wasn't that an Edgar Allan Poe no- novella? The but Cleveland the, the House Cleveland of the, House shrimp, of eye the killer? shrimp Eye Killer. Yeah, <laughs> it should be actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I disagree that this is the perfect layer. Uh, so location is, I mean, obviously we meant location is key. This guy had a home backyard, so he had a burial site for his victims. Obviously, mm-hmm. he didn't bury them very well. No. But they were shielded by an empty home to the left and the windowless brick wall of a sausage company on the right. That's kind of a key location point Anytime the stench of decaying bodies blew over the street, neighbors blamed the sausage factory. And I'm sure, sure shrimp I did, too. Goddamn sausage factory, motherfucker. Stinking up my backyard. <laughs> Ain't no dead bodies that smell. It's just sausages. But yeah, so there's there there you have it. And not to mention, he lived in like the crack den of Cleveland. So it's mm. like he's killing people who are runaways. He's killing people who are hookers. Yeah. You know, people that no one's really going to notice that they're gone. So victim selection, he's pretty good at that. The problem... You don't, you don't want to. You don't want to. If you're a serial killer of any type, the wolf or the spider type, you don't want to like kill the mayor's daughter. No, <laughs> That'd be a bad career move. You, you don't want to go unless for the that's high your unless that's victims. your no uh, coup de gras. Well, you remember in Science of Lambs, Buffalo Bill kidnapped like what was it? The mayor's daughter, the fat chick. Well, I just said the mayor's daughter. Did he? Yeah, wasn't the mayor's I daughter subconsciously the senator's of that. daughter or something? Maybe. Yeah, you might be too right. high profile of a victim. That's People are that's care where about that. my suspension of disbelief broke down on that book. Because yeah, you don't want to. You want to. You oh. don't. You want to murder the. You know the There's, lot. The lot lizard that nobody cares about. There are plenty other fat chicks roaming yeah. the streets. The foster know? kid. <laughs> so the problem here with the shrimp eye killer's Cleveland lair is the fact that he was ill-equipped mm-hmm. to dispose of the corpses. Not to mention, he did a half-assed job of it, if you think about it. Yeah, so that's another thing. You know, the, 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 will, the will to sort of be diligent. Yeah. There's a better way to say that, but I can't think of it right now. No, all he did is, uh, you know, dug a shallow grave, threw a body in the back. Yeah. He didn't even care about the decaying stench. He's just did like, he, like he, oh, yeah, sausage factory. Yeah, he quick lime on it yeah, or anything. He did, did nothing, no research. All he did was just, like, sit there and wait for the next victim to come well, by. Well, I don't think this guy knew how to read, much less use the <laughs> internet. And I don't think he's going down... If he goes to the library, he's going to get kicked out. Although... You've told me about the Chicago Library, so maybe a smelly yeah. crackhead they don't actually kick out of the Chicago Library. But I feel if he put a little more time and effort into building up this lair, he probably yeah. could have gone on for years and years. Yeah. You know? I mean, think of... Well, uh, that can be said about anything. I mean, if you put more effort into it, you would have done a better job. Well, some of history's most notorious, notorious serial killers uh, literally were close to home. Think about uh, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Uh, he killed people and... Well, uh, little boys. Little boys. <laughs> Specifically. But he buried them in his crawl space. But I think he was also given away from uh, neighbors. The neighbors uh, smell the, the stench of According to flesh. the movie, his neighbors kept complaining. But he was like an alderman, which we don't have out here. But it's like sort of a small-time governmental neighborhood official. Yeah, like a... Uh, was he like a councilman or something? Alderman? Less, like, less than a less councilman, than a councilman. An alderman. And uh, so he had a little bit of sort of influence to be like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's the sewer line. But And then he complained that his septic tank was backing up and like, oh, I've been trying to get it fixed, but it's an intractable problem. 
it's backing up with little boy parts. Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, if if he would have put, he's kind of like the shrimp eye killer. If he'd put a little more effort into uh, disposing of corpses properly, mm-hmm. could he kept wearing that clown suit and killing yeah. for so many more years? Yeah, the problem with most of these people is they're insane, <laughs> so they aren't thinking right to begin with. I mean, you you look at um, an, another famous insane person, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, from seventy eight to ninety one. Yes. He murdered, cannibalized, and sexually molested seventeen men. Self-hating gay. Self-hating gay. Yeah. yeah. Brought them all back to his home. He apartment. Would, uh, not even a home he owned, I don't think. Yeah, it was an apartment. <laughs> and, and that's and the, right there. And that's why you couldn't have a house of horrors, an apartment yeah. of horrors in the Tenderloin. Do you think he got a security deposit back? You know, be- <laughs> when he was in prison before he was murdered in prison? <laughs> well, so he would drug up and cut up his victims, boil their skulls, sometimes drill their skulls open while they were alive, and inject acid into their brain, then perform sex acts on them. Apparently, he was trying to uh, create some zombies. I don't know. <laughs> Is think... he the one who said that? I've always heard that, but did somebody just describe it like that, or did he say that in court? He got the idea that he could create zombies. He said it in court. But it never quite worked out? No. I, I think drilling holes into a, your victim's skull and just injecting hydrochloric acid does not a zombie make. Well, the, but the, I think you I need can some see, voodoo. No, but I can see what he's saying because <laughs> they, they would stay alive. I mean, you can drill a hole in somebody's head and fuck up their brain to a great extent. And they'll but still I, remain alive for like probably several days, which is why I think he, he maybe thought he was it was coming to fruition he's not dr Moreau, okay <laughs> so what ended up happening here is residents of the oxford apartments complex where he lived i mean could you imagine yeah. well, next I, door I, to lo- Dahmer? I love that they called the oxford apartments you know like it's this classy <laughs> fucking oh oxford yeah that's in england right they've got a big college no this is like in like the downtown part of milwaukee, milwaukee. <laughs> the oxford arms so they noticed terrible smells coming from apartment 213 mm-hmm. as well as the thumps of falling objects skulls right. and the occasional buzzing of a power saw at four in the morning but for quite a while you would just think that that's normal gay activities right yeah you're like shitty yeah. smells thumping around <laughs> buzzing instruments there's just a gay orgy going on in apartment 213. Nothing to be alarmed about. What do you think Jeff's neighbors have to put up with? Probably more so, than that. I feel if Dahmer would have taken the necessary precautions, maybe soundproof the apartment, maybe right. use the power saw during the day. When everybody's at work. When everyone's at work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Maybe try to cover up the odor with lye or, or uh, lime or something. Right. Or um, Febreze. <laughs> you know, he could have got something. But but this is another thing about Dahmer that kind of matches with Ed Gein. So, so you know, the police eventually are called to the apartment. They go in there. What's the first thing they thing they see? They open up the refrigerator. There's a human head. Mm-hmm. You know, they uh, they they look in the they look in the in the in the in the kitchen cabinet, and uh, there's a box of penises. Wow. He kept a box of penises in the cabinet. What what a yeah. dead giveaway! Yeah, should you have those in the fridge? You I mean, think there's you put them be, in the fridge? There's got to be like an expiration date. Yeah, I don't severed know. cock. You know, they look in the kitchen drawer, box, you know, severed hands. From the pictures I've seen, he also cut the balls and the penis all off together. Yeah, there was probably just, maybe he was drying it or something. But he did, did he try... Like a beef jerky? <laughs> <laughs> Slim Jim. <laughs> he was trying to dispose of the corpses, and I guess so, several of them were kept stored in acid-filled vats. Just uh, in his apartment. In his apartment. He's got an acid filled that in his apartment. Well, what's nice. interesting is he's still, I mean, he was pro- fairly prolific. He killed like 17 guys. I'm just surprised that a dude would come back to his house, you know, for a drink, sit down the, on, the, you know, on the sofa and just mm-hmm. be like, 
ah, I really dig that altar of 30 human skulls you have over there. <laughs> it's like, well, what are these acid-filled vats for? That's my acid. <laughs> oh, hey, that's cool, man. Let me check out that box of penises you got yeah. there. I think the key is he would meet these dudes at gay bars, and they are probably already all fucked up before they went back to his place. Now, if he lived in rural Illinois or rural Wisconsin... That wouldn't probably, have worked. I think he, I think he could have gone on... I mean, he probably could have uh, continued killing for many more years. But here's the thing. It's a balance, though, because... You know, what kind of crazy gay sex bar is out in the rural area of Illinois? So, yeah, once you get them, this is why, like, exactly what you're saying. You need to, you need a method, you need the bait to get them back. And then you also need the location. It's hard. You really, you really need a a country house and a pied a terre. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So you get them in the city gay bar. Bring them back to your pita tear, kill them there, stuff them in your trunk, and then you dispose of the body or keep it or whatever out at your country house. That's because, the, I mean, it's part of a move crime. that no one's, and there, there's no neighbors to smell the stench. Right. I mean, that's kind of what Ed Gein did. I mean, Ed Gein, uh, who else, he lived in Plainfield, Wisconsin, another Wisconsin, rural Wisconsin. Obviously, he didn't have as many victims as Dahmer. Right. But he was the guy that, uh, you know, signs a lamb, psycho, Texas Chainsaw is based off of. Loosely. He, loosely. But, I mean, he had lampshades made out of human skin. Right. When cops eventually uh, were, uh, they found him, they were tipped off that there was something going on there. Now, invest- he, was he picking up hitchhikers or, or something No, like he, that? he would pick up uh, local women and just right, kidnap but them. Just, just would go out and meet them at a coffee yeah, like, shop uh, and be like, hey, how's it going? You want to go back to my place? I think he, he no. killed this woman, Bernice Warden, who is the wife of like the, the guy that owned the, the hardware store. Uh-huh. And uh, they found her naked corpse hanging upside down, body disemboweled, throat and head missing. Yeah. And uh, he was making like a jacket out of her I guess, skin. I guess back then, if you lived in the country, you take advantage of just people's trusting nature. Yeah. But he didn't even take any measures to like try to hide it or cover it up. Like As soon as cops came in there, they saw various body parts. Some used as household items, such as skulls <laughs> made into bowls, jewelry from human skin. Uh, lips hanging, chair seats with human skin upholstery. I mean, he was just an all-around sick fuck. But he didn't even take any measures. This place wasn't in Better Homes and Gardens, is that what you're saying? <laughs> better Homes and Gardens for psychopaths. <laughs> that might work. So anyway, uh, the one serial killer that a lot of people don't even know about, and I'm just going to kind of go through this real quick here, but this guy had the ideal He succeeded in all counts. And, he's, and people don't even know. Like He confessed to 27 murders, but they suspect the body count could be as high as 213. I'd never heard of him before I read the book. So we're, who we're referring to is Herman Webster Mudgett, uh, better known under the alias of Dr. Henry Howard Holmes. He was an American serial killer who pretty much uh, killed people during the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago. Yeah, the book is called Devil in the White City. The devil in the white He's city. He's the devil. The white city is the world's fair thing they built. You know, it, it was relatively unheard of. I mean, it was Eric Larson who kind of created this renewed interest in Holmes's crimes with right. his book in 2003 called The Devil in the White City, which was interesting because it, it juxtaposed an account of the world's fair in Chicago and the uh, and the uh, which would be the, the boring story. parts of the book that you can skip because <laughs> it alternates chapters. Actually, it's really cool if you're into architecture and. World's fairs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know you're flipping through the chapter to find out, okay, who's he killing next? Who's he killing next? But no, it's a great book. I totally recommend it. Devil in the White City. Sick and wrong book recommendation for you out there. But Holmes moved, bought a drugstore at the corner of Wallace and 63rd Street in Chicago while they were setting up the World's Fair. Right. And uh, he purchased a lot across from the drugstore. 
And this guy was a charming, I mean, kind of a Svengali type of character. Yeah. When you say bot, and this is actually why I compare you him. You should qualify this I favorite. compare him favorably to Sowell because I think a lot of people out there are going to say, um, oh, well, you know, this dude had all kinds of money and that, you know, Sowell's a, a poor guy living in the ghetto and that's why there's a difference. But this dude, Mike Mugget, he was a scam artist. He didn't have any money. He would just like get people to loan him money and never pay them back, and that's how he like funded all his operations. Yeah, he, I think he opened that whole drugstore on credit. Yeah, and just never paid his creditors. And then back. he would like change his name or like sell the drugstore to some unwitting fool who didn't know that the drugstore technically owed a bunch of debt. And then he would like just be like, "Well, that's your debt now. You bet the store. I uh, work across the street now at this big building I just bought." But he was also one of those life insurance policy scammers like so he would take out a life insurance policy on a woman murder her and then Mm -hmm. collect the money and live off that for a while no questions asked back then yeah I mean couldn't do that now but anyway he purchased a lot across from the drugstore and he built his three story block long murder castle (laughs) now dude think about this this isn't a house of horror this is a murder castle right if you're gonna do house of horror this is if you're gonna if you're gonna murder people in a urban environment you need a murder castle. Right. And you need to put a lot of thought into it. You can't do it in an apartment. You really can't. And you need to go custom, people. You can't buy, like, something and renovate it because it's not going to be up to your specific standards. You need to, like, build from the ground up. And, Brand new. Yeah, exactly. And you, and you need to do it like this. So the ground floor of the castle contains Holmes' own uh, relocated drugstore and some various shops. Well, the upper two floors contained his personal office and a maze of over 100 windowless rooms with doorways (laughs) opening to brick walls, oddly angled hallways, stairways going to nowhere, doors openable only from the outside, and a host of other strange and labyrinthine constructions. Holmes repeatedly changed builders during the construction of the castle, so only he fully understood the design of the house he had created. So some of these uh, bedrooms that he had in in, in the murder castle... Uh, were uh, were in soundproof bedrooms that were fitted with gas lines <laughs> that let him asphyxiate any of his victims at any time. At will. Some victims were locked in a huge soundproof bank vault near his office where they were left to suffocate. Yeah. Uh, the victims' bodies went by a secret chute to the basement. It's, it's exactly what you need. They're basically flushed. <laughs> flushed down the secret chute where some uh, were meticulously dissected, stripped of flesh, crapped into skeleton models, and then sold to medical schools. Think of how brilliant that is. He would strip the corpses of their flesh and then make money off the skeleton models. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. That always this was is an industrious But the other killer. thing that interested me about this guy, I think he choked some of the victims, but the thing that I remember distinctly is what he really got off on was... Leading a girl into one of these, you know, windowless, soundproof, totally airtight rooms. And then he would go to the next room and he couldn't hear them, right? Because it's soundproof. And he would like slowly turn the gas on. And just the thought that she was in there suffocating, turning green, grasping at her throat, eyes bulging out. Yeah. That was his thing. That's what he loved to do. No, yeah. And that, yeah. Basically, that was like, you know, you reading a penthouse for William Mudgett. Right. <laughs> I don't think I get that much pleasure out of reading a penthouse. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, 
you know, let somebody die for that pleasure. But okay, fine. That's your yeah, I mean, could you imagine how Holmes must have, or uh, yeah, Doctor Holmes, yeah, Herman, seriously, Holmes. Herman <laughs> so, <laughs> could you imagine him discussing? So I got this fetish. Yeah, you know, it involves a bank vault, gas line, woman asphyxiating me outside, masturbating. That's right. the only way I can get off these days. Takes a lot of planning to get off for me. <laughs> Holmes also had two giant furnaces as well as pits of acid, bottles of various poisons, and even a stretching rack. Yeah. This was back when you could acquire all these things, and if somebody asks, like, really, why do you, you're just like, mind your own business, my good man. <laughs> well, that Be was, about your day. <laughs> exactly. That, that was back then when people were cultured. You know, it's just, right. I mean, he probably wore a petticoat. He had, like, one of those mustaches. Waxed a, mustache. Waxed mustache. Every day wore a tie, three-piece suit. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I don't think anyone ever really suspected him. People were serious back then. They had puritanical American work ethic. You know, they weren't some guy who collected wire out of garbage cans and abandoned homes like Sewell. Yeah. You know, no, they, I mean, they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and then gassed women. Well, they didn't just work at a chocolate factory like Dahmer, you know? <laughs> Did he work at a chocolate factory? Yeah, Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. <laughs> you know, they weren't putting on a clown suit and entertaining kids. Well, I there's a lot of, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for people who are clowns. Yeah, I do like the clowns, too. <laughs> So what, eventually, yeah, the number of his victims that has typically been estimated were between 20 and 100, but he confessed to 27 murders, and he was eventually hanged at the Moya Mensing Prison, also known as the Philadelphia County Prison. So people, there you go. You know, we don't like to uh, give too many tips out there to uh, potential killers here uh, from Sick and Wrong, because this isn't an instructional show. I mean, for anybody who's interested, it's all over the internet. They don't need to listen to our show. To find but out. all I'm saying, location, 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 and then also equip your house properly. <laughs> Use a little time, a little effort. Yeah. Don't just be, you know, willy-nilly about it. I'll bury a corpse in a shallow grave. Sausage Factory will cover up the smell. Yeah, because that Sausage Factory could go out of business tomorrow. And I mean, then, how many people are eating sausages? Yeah, and then look what would happen, especially in this economy. Vegan movement and the economy. You need to be creative. Make a murder castle. Yeah, and I, do it right. I consider us as as putting shit out there to warn people of what the warning signs are, what to stay away from. Yeah, exactly. That's a good idea. Like, yeah. if you seriously, if you're at a bar, and uh, you know, this goes out to the gay dudes too, as well as the women, and you get invited back to this kind of strange guy's house, and he's got an altar of human skulls, just leave. Yeah. You know, if he shows you a box of severed penises, just be like, dude, I got to go. Yeah. It's getting late. If you're a straight dude and a woman invites you back to her apartment, though, just go. Even if she might murder you, it's worth the chance. <laughs> well, at least you can get some ass. Nothing wrong <laughs> maybe, with that. Maybe you won't even, but you might. People, this is episode 201 here of Sick and Wrong. Uh, you know, we didn't do a recap of the episode 199 show from a couple weeks ago because last week was crazy. Episode 200. Podcast party. Podcast now, party tonight. Now over. All right. <laughs> Gladly. We, we shall never speak of it again. <laughs> Let's just forget that ever happened. So uh, recap episode 199. Uh, we had a listener named Buff McLeod who sent in a story about a Canadian folk singer who is torn apart by coyotes. Uh, we also had a listener named Chris who sent in this story about the shrimp-eyed Cleveland Strangler. And uh, we had a listener named Riss who sent in a story about a big, bald, old Somali man who robbed a cradle. Mm-hmm. Well, he came in a distant third, a Somali guy with 46 votes. Uh, Buff McLeod's story about the Canadian folk singer came in second with 92 votes. And uh, Chris, the shrimp-eyed strangler, 191 votes. Well. It's almost a record. I mean, if he were to be put up against Mugget, 
he would lose. But in this day yeah. and age, that's kind of what passes for a good serial, serial and, killer know, story. I mean, think, think about it this way. If it was 1863 and we're doing sick and wrong back then, mm-hmm. you know, in our um, – what do they have? Gram- Gram- Victrola's gramophone. Yeah, so we would make a, a we would make a recording, and you could order it through the Sears and Robot catalog. Wouldn't you have to do it in Morse code? And we would be wearing our full three piece suits. Yes, I'd, and I'd bowler caps and mustaches. Waxed mustache. I can't even. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know how we would do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it would sound Wackily, like something I'd love interesting. To talk about William Mudgett today. I think if we spent the entire week before next episode, we could come up with a little skit. Which we won't. Which we won't, because we just don't care. <laughs> but before, yeah, so uh, congratulations, Chris, for uh, winning episode 199. You get a care package. But I want to mention one thing. This guy, Kyle, who's a resident of uh, the fair town of Cleveland, he said, I listened to the show, and because I've been ever so blessed to live in Cleveland, I want to comment about our strangler. Trust me, it wasn't the sausage factory that caused the confusion. This all happened smack in the middle of the ghetto. Not just our no- normal sub-ghetto that comprises most of the city, but right in the heart of the ghetto. The reason he was able to stack up bodies was due to nobody giving a shit. Basically, the police <laughs> blew off most of the missing girls as crack whores. Not only were they crack whores, but black crack whores. So as far as, coke, as our coke goes, we do know how to party. We have an abusive relationship with our sports teams, worthless public schools, no jobs. What else are we supposed to do in Cleveland? Besides murder women? <laughs> or no, do he's, coke? <laughs> he's just saying, you know, uh, as far as coke goes, we like the party. So still, Cleveland isn't all that bad. At least it's not Detroit. That's keep true. it sick, keep it wrong. No, he has a good point there. <laughs> it isn't Detroit. <laughs> we won't speak of Detroit. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> Detroit's way worse. Yes, that's the, the city that shall not be named. <laughs> well, you know, you know what's funny? Detroit's like, worse than Richmond. Well, people which say. Which I already called Dith, the, the area below Satan's asshole. Well, people say, like, Cleveland's the armpit of America. What's Detroit? The taint of America? Let me put it this way. Detroit and Baltimore are, like, the shittiest cities in the in the country. And they made a seven-season award-winning series about Baltimore. Nobody's fucking making any <laughs> show about Detroit, okay? Because you don't want to film a no, television program in Detroit. I mean, you'll still get the shot. The suicide rate of people who like were watching your network would would like rocket up to 20% or something. Yeah. Actually, you know, if if you want to be a serial killer, you should probably move to Detroit. Houses are cheap. No one yeah. lives there. Really? <laughs> you probably would uh live long and prosper. I mean, the only problem you might get shot by the the gangbangers and, you know, where are you going to find a victim? It's like there's tumbleweeds blowing through the city. That's true. Well, people, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wackley and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items a week, present them here on the show. The audience votes. When it gets a case of beer, we also throw in a wild card with a listener's submission, which you can send to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. I believe this week for uh, episode 201, we have like three really good listener submissions that we're going to get to. I like that. But before that, quick word from our sponsor, adamandeve.com. As you know, November is uh, Butt Plug November. Mm -hmm. It's it's the Butt Plug Month here at adamandeve.com. Well, in our eyes. Mm. So go to the Butt Plug Emporium, also known as adamandeve.com, and buy yourself a butt plug. I would have thought it was the Butt Plug Boutique, but uh, that must be some other store. Some other sex. I imagine if you want a custom-made butt plug, you go to the boutique. Uh But if you just want to buy, like, you know, wholesale butt plugs, like buy 30 of them. You go to the Emporium. Go to the Emporium. Just, like, load up your shopping cart just full of butt plugs of all sorts of sizes and material. And just have yourself a party, you know? So go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only and get 50% off just about any item. Not only butt plugs, any item. 
Uh, they also throw in three free adult DVDs and a free extra gift. So sensual, we can't even mention here on the show. It's low, people. It's which which is going to be key if you're buying a butt plug, all right? You probably will need lots of it. Yeah. yeah. And it's Unless not, you're just a rough rider. Yeah, and it's actually like flavored lube. It's not gravy. Because some right. people are saying that, uh, you know, that, that you get a packet of gravy <laughs> and you just mix it together and you, it's not gravy. It's what, what flavor lube. is it after you use it on the butt plug? <laughs> Taco Bell? No, that's gravy. <laughs> so uh, you get a free gift, you get three free DVDs, and they even throw in free shipping on your entire, or, entire order. So check out AdamandEve.com and uh, use Diddle, D I D D L E. For the offer code upon checkout. Do it today, people. You only have a week left before Thanksgiving. And you got to have butt plugs for Thanksgiving. And really once do. Thanksgiving comes around, butt plug November's almost over. Yeah, you know. And we're going to so, be moving uh, on. Wackerly, I think you should kick off episode uh, 201 here with uh, your first listener submission. I don't know who sent in that story. Chuck. But, uh, all right. Let's go with Chuck's story. All right, sent in by Chuck, who says, I'd rather have a colostomy bag. It's cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) And what is Chuck referring to? This guy. (laughs) Dude. A guy named Ged Galvin. And I'm pretty sure sure he's from the United Kingdom, although it doesn't say his hometown in this article that I have, but just some of the phrasing and terminology makes me think that that's what's going on is that a common name a common ged. i'm trying to think what it would be short for but i have no idea ged g-e-d ged is it ged, ged or ged i think it's ged you never know because they... jed would be like jebediah with a j but you never know you look at the way they spelled jeffrey it's like joffrey g-e-o-f-f-r-e-y you could be right maybe yeah. it is jebediah well he Jetson. was given just hours to live by doctors when he was Ripped in half <laughs> by his motorcycle fuel tank after a car a car pulled a car pulled out in front of him. Did you get por- hit by one of those double decker buses? I've never trusted those. No, I don't trust them either. I would never ride on one. And if I had to ride on one, I would not ride on the upper level. That that's the that's a devil's level. And with some drunken limey at the wheel. I just don't want to be on the downing se- <laughs> beefeater martinis and cruising around in that outfit. I don't want to be on the second story of a car. Yeah. I mean, if it crashes, who's going to die? The people yeah, up there. Exactly. And then tear apart people on motorbikes. Yeah. He, uh, so this, co- this double-decker bus, let's just call it what it is, <laughs> pulled out in front of him at 45 miles per hour. Now, I don't know why, if this is an, uh, a United Kingdom article, they're, they're referring to speeds in miles per hour. Yeah, but I appreciate that they do do that. They took a muscle from above his knee, wrapped it around his sphincter, and attached electrodes to the nerves, which were operated by, which are operated by a remote control. Now, why would they do that? I don't understand. They built him like he's got like a a, a robotic bunghole. I don't know. I'm reading these <laughs> these sentences in order, but I'm not reading all of them. So, do you think they did the same for thing dramatic for, effect? Do you think, I mean, do you think they did the same thing for RoboCop? Because he was blown apart. Uh, I think they just took his butthole out completely. I don't think RoboCop eats solid foods. I thought he did. He didn't eat solid food. I think he just plug him in. He had a mouth? Yeah, but that's just to talk. Oh, so he didn't even have a robotic butthole. No. What about the Terminator? You just plug him in. I, don't, I never understood why the Terminator has teeth or a skull. 
Okay, what about... All right, all right. Vicky from Small Wonder. Well, um, the, I, I won't speak of her. But she probably had a mechanical butthole. I don't want to talk about Vicky, okay? <laughs> you know I have a phobia about fucking Vicky? Why? Well, I have a phobia about fucking her, and I have a phobia about... <laughs> That thing. She used to give me chubs back when I was 12. Remember the red-haired chick from that show? Oh, yeah. She's even freakier. Yeah, I never liked her. Because I think she's a robot, too. Secret. Was she Are a robot, the, too? Well, I just think that's the subtext of the show. I wonder if she had a robotic rectum. <laughs> All right, so anyway, what happened I she had a robotic here? cock and stuck it in Vicky's <laughs> robotic ass. But like I said, I'm not talking about Vicky. All right. Well, we'll leave Small Wonder alone. I don't want to bring up any old ghosts here. <laughs> you made me lose my place. I'm sorry. Um... Knee, knee flesh. He got part of his knee muscle sewed into his sphincter, and he has an, uh, electrodes that uh, are attached to the nerves, which are operated by a remote control now after this horrific motorcycle accident. When I go to the loo, I use the remote control. See, loo. It's like a chubby little mobile phone. You switch it on and off, just like switching on the telly. They call me the man with the bionic bottom, but that doesn't bother me. My gratitude to the surgeons is endless because what they have done is a miracle. Why wouldn't he just have a colostomy bag? Well, let me go move on. Against all odds after this accident, Mr. Galvin survived, undergoing 13 operations during a 13-week hospital stay. That's one operation a week, D. Simon. That's why I don't ride a motorcycle. Are you keeping track? It's a lot of operations. Well, they don't have double-decker buses here. You're completely safe. Oh, yeah. I didn't even well, think Well, actually, about they that. do those bastard tourism operations. Oh, they do yeah, have, I know. I they're do. not the specific English type because they don't have roofs, but there is a second level. But there is a second level, yeah. I've seen those. A little bit scary. They're a menace. Yeah. I think I'm going to go to the Board of Supervisors and complain. They are a menace. I'm going to try and get that shut down. 13 operations during a 13-week hospital stay. It's one a week. That's a lot of operations. He saw steel plates fitted in his leg and four screws in his pelvis. But two operations to fix his sphincter muscles and control his bowel movements failed. You know, they can only do so much. Especially Ooh. with that nationalized health care. Yeah, and I was about to say, how long do you think he had to wait for the butthole operation? <laughs> Mr. Galvin was fitted with a colostomy bag, which collects waste from an opening in the abdomen, which doctors said he would have for life. Oh, we know all about colostomy bags here on Sick and Wrong. We've been learning more and more every week. He told about the embarrassment of the bag eventually led to the breakdown of his 30-year marriage. Wow. He's 55. I don't know if I mentioned that. So they must have gotten married when they were 25. You know, I'm actually a and little... And then he gets a colossal bag and the bitch takes off. I'm a, I'm a bit shocked at the shallowness of his wife here. Not really... What a superficial twat. Not really a testament to the power of British matrimony. Whatever, yeah, exactly. Whatever happened till, until death do his part. Not until colostomy bag do his part. Well, I'm going to have that clause in my house. <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't have thought that these people would have... Uh, Foresaw this. You're gonna have a prenup, no colostomy bags. You need to have a normal butthole or right. marriage is off. It's done. Yeah, and and you know, you get no money. <laughs> it's your fault for having a colostomy bag. You have to be a really strong person to live with that forever. Oh sorry, I didn't do the accent. This is him talking. Well, Dead. I don't get it. What did he what Whatever he... it took, I wasn't going to have a stoma for life. But what was he doing with the bag? Like smacking her across the face w- with it? I mean, why would it? Why would she be so upset? It's not that invasive, is it? Well, he says that you think that it smells all the time. You don't dare go near anyone. It probably does smell. And he you says, my wife couldn't stand it. 
You think it he's... ended all marriage. I like how I just have sort of a generalized UK accent, and it slowly goes around the country. Because I know they all think they have specific accents in all the regions. But to me, they all kind of sound the same. I kind of wish he had a Cockney accent. I can't do that right now. But do you think he was making side farts? <laughs> Oi! <laughs> Oi! My wife couldn't stand it! Yes, take it a ended all marriage, creep. it did! Take a load of this creep, you cockspar! <laughs> You're better at it than me. You've been practicing, <laughs> asshole. In his bid to find... So he says he wasn't going to have a stoma for life. I guess if it didn't, if he didn't find a solution, he was just going to kill himself. Well, it's good to have That's goals, That's the implication. It's good to have goals, you know. In his bid to find an alternative solution, Mr. Galvin contacted bowel specialist Professor Norman Williams at the... And then this gets cut off. I don't... There's a sentence missing. At the... Oxford Bowel Institute Bowel or something. Bowel Institute or something, yeah. yeah. He's like Professor Xavier. Yeah, Professor of Bowel Medicine at Cambridge. Um, so uh, Norman Williams came through for him. Uh, the operation changed my life and gave me a pride and confidence back. I feel born again like a new man because of the remote control. I can lead a normal life again. So this remote control sort of operates like a little dilating mechanical device on his butthole. So it's a dilating sphincter. Yeah, and I guess he can still squeeze. It was just the sphincter couldn't hold the shit in. So that's what he's now available to... Uh, able? Uh, avail- that's what he's now able to do with this robotic butthole he has. Bionic do, butthole. Do you think it makes like that noise, like the, the uh, $6 million man that like... When it opens up? Right, that's not what the sound is in the six million dollar man. Yeah, it is. Okay, you try it. <laughs> it's more like. <laughs> it is not. It's more like a. I think it's like the door on Star Trek. <laughs> no. Are you, you think when it, you think when he opens it up, it's just like. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I could see uh, once that. Once again, I do the sound better than you do. All right, I'm gonna do the six. I think it's more of a six million dollar bionic butthole. But you can't do that song though. Okay, do it again. <laughs> I, I swear it's more like a. But I don't know. We, we could have we can have the listeners waiting on that because I totally disagree. But what I wonder, this guy might be you know, he might think it's all well and good, and he might feel fortified oh, with this new bunkle. What's he gonna do when he runs out of batteries in his little chubby mobile phone? Oh, it actually does talk about that. I didn't underline. Well, for what's some he gonna reason. do? It takes. Um, well, there's two things. It needs new batteries like every five weeks. And um, something like every five years, he needs to take it in for service. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making this up, but it says, oh, yeah, no, the muscles in his bionic bottom will need to be replaced once every five years. Wow. The bionic muscles. And the batteries need replacement more often than that. I mean, he's kind of like a cyborg. A, well, in one region. And, okay, he's a, a colon cyborg. I don't think... I think it is recommended for him to purchase a butt plug during butt plug November. I would say no butt plug for this guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say no butt plug for bionic butt It's either going to be bad for him or bad for the butt plug. Well, what happens if the doors close on the butt plug? Does it just chop it off? And then it's, what, stuck up in there? I mean, the handle's severed hope, from the plug part? I kind of hope he doesn't turn into a gay man now, now that he's uh, divorced from his wife. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. You got to admit, though, how do you explain bionic butthole to your new lover? Your new gay lover? Or female lover. It's like, well, whatever. It's just like, so I have this device. I try and keep all my female lovers away from my butthole at all costs anyways. So 
Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure it's it's big and just kind of obtrusive. I don't think it's just kind of like a little <laughs> tiny, you know, butthole. I always face my girlfriends, especially naked, and even when I'm not naked, I'm they never see the back of me. Okay, but what about when you're like rubbing on her face like a dog on wet grass? Uh, she's gonna see your issue. butthole then. Well, I keep her eyes on the ball side of my body. <laughs> so on the just don't moment. rub so far where you're like, I mean, what the fuck are you doing? You're like on a swing set. You're like, wee, I'm way out here Wet now. And you're looking way at my <laughs> asshole. And now I'm back here again. No, you just, you know, a couple centimeters of rubbing. Yeah, I guess it's Back and forth you. quickly. Yeah, I always call it like the taint slap. The taint slide. Yeah. The taint slide. Like a slip and slide. It's like a slip and slide, but with a taint. So, Wackerly, on the Sick and Wrong Star scale, this is kind of a miracle of science. It's changed this man's life for the yeah. better. I almost say it's not wrong in that it's aspect. It's sick and awesome. It's sick and awesome. But being that it's sick and wrong is how we rank our stories, I'm giving it a 2.5. Oh, <laughs> Right so, and a half. You're succumbing to the people who complain about the scoring. No, I'm giving it 2.5. This is an awesome story. It is pretty amazing. I mean, who's to say this thing isn't going to go Terminator later and, you know, he's going to be wiping himself and he's going to lose a finger. Oh, because it's going to, it's like all of a sudden it's... Skynet is going to get in control of his butthole. Yeah, I guess that could happen. I'm giving it a four. All right, I'm up With the possibility of... I'm, because Skynet might control that butthole. Of I'm, robotic rebellion. I'm giving it a three. The second listener submission here for episode 201 came from Scorch. He says, hey, Dean Lance, this is pretty fucking sick. Kind of like you guys. Scorch. Love the show. Blah, blah, blah. Wasn't, keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Scorch. Wasn't Scorch a mascot for some type of a company? Hmm. Something that would burn something. Like a bat. Not a mascot. Like the evil thing. And then like the. And Smokey the Bear came and yeah, extinguished him. Yeah, would come in like. Kick the fuck out of Scorch. I, I'm going to have to look that up later. I think you should stop smoking marijuana. You should stop using those marijuana suppositories there, Wackerly. Okay. So Scorch sent a story about a Russian cannibal who ate his mother and uh, who was given a lighter sentence by a judge who said he was starving and he needed to eat. Wow. It's extenuating. Now there's empathy on that judge's part. A cannibal who killed and ate parts of his mother had his sentence reduced by a judge who said he needed to eat. He had no other choice. Sergei Gavrilov secured reduced time in jail after confessing. I did not like the meat very much. It was too fatty. But I was so hungry, I had to eat it. You know, that's like a Russian yo mama joke. Yo mama's so fat, I can't even eat her corpse. Right. She's dead, he's eating her, and he's still, like, dissing her. So the 27-year-old was given a lenient prison sentence because the judge said he was starving and needed to eat after spending all of his money on vodka... And gambling machines. You know, I kind of wonder what a Russian gambling machine could be. I'm, I'm picturing this like two tubes, a couple buttons, and some ferrets running up and down the tubes. And then they start filling up with vodka and the ferrets drown. And the one that lives the longest wins. And you get rubles. And you get a, a bonus sort of kicker on your money if the ferret can walk a straight line when he gets out. Yeah. If it doesn't drown after being submerged in vodka in the vodka right. tube, yeah, then then you then you even get more money. It's like jackpot. Yeah, it's kind of like I think that's called a Russian gambling machine. Okay, I mean it could just be a slot machine, but uh, I picture ferrets drowning in vodka machine. So the Russian man Sergey here hit his mother, 
Liubov, who was 55 years old at the time, over the head with a brick, and then he strangled her with an electric cable, following a row <laughs> over her refusal to give her give him her pension money to spend on alcohol. Yeah. He didn't have any. He didn't even have money to purchase proper murdering utensils. <laughs> he, he like grabbed a brick, a brick and then an extension cord from a lamp. Yeah, he was just going old school. Mm-hmm. The pure Russian uh, Russian mob kill here. But you know, I, I kind of understand his means. He's well, let's go get drunk. Yeah. This and was his mother or mother-in-law? His mother. She okay. just didn't support his drinking habit. So this wasn't Bester from the forum? I actually I think this might be Bester. No. He only but has this a mo- is Bester's only, real name. He only has a mother-in-law. In Sergi. He, oh, I think really? his mother's in Belgium. But I still wouldn't put it past Bester from uh, killing his mother-in-law to go get some more vodka. The ends justify the means for Bester. Normally. <laughs> a court heard how he then put her body on the balcony of the family flat. And uh, took her allowance before going on a two-day drinking and gambling binge. <laughs> a couple days later, he returned to the flat, and uh, he soon ran out of food and started slicing pieces of meat from his mother's body. Wow. She was frozen like meat in the freezer, he told police. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's a Russian freezer. You just put the, put the meat outside. I mean, yeah. it's so cold there. You don't even right. need to worry about it. Yep. What's interesting? Year round, though, it never warms up. <laughs> it's like the North Pole where Santa lives. What's interesting though is he cooked soup and pasta with the meat from his mother's body over a period for more than of more than a month. So this guy actually was making real meals, yeah. <laughs> sauces, culinary delights with pieces of his mother's meat. Yeah, I will admit to eating some fucked up shit when I'm drunk and hungover. Drunk or hungover. Yeah, dude, that's when you eat Taco Bell and you wake up. Right. You got wrappers and hot sauce all over you. Yeah. But now, you don't somebody, have your mother's flesh all over you, hanging out of your mouth. You're eating Taco Bell. You're already <laughs> 90% there of just putting stuff in your mouth that you don't think you should be. If somebody was like, hey, there's a little bit of your mom in there, you'd just be like, eh, whatever. Can I have yeah. some more hot sauce? <laughs> <laughs> just a little more hot sauce. Not the fire sauce. That stuff sucks. Yeah, it does suck. So the Russian criminal code dictates 15 years in jail for this type of crime. But the judge said he's reducing it because Gavrilov, who previously served time in jail for robbery, pled guilty, and he, quote-unquote, was not too keen to eat the meat. So if you murder your mother for her pension check, they recommend 15 years? Yeah, 15 years, and for probably the cannibalism. (laughs) But, I mean, if he obviously didn't like the meat. If he could have some oxen or pork, I'm sure he'd rather prefer that. Caviar, blinis. Caviar, yeah, you know, I mean... He's not in that stratus... But instead, he had to have, like, a mom burger, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he wasn't keen to eat it. So he, instead of being jailed for 15 years, he got 14 years and seven months. <laughs> <laughs> so on the sick and wrong star scale... I blame Russian economy <laughs> for my crime. Sergi here killed his mother just to go out and get some alcohol. And, you know, if, it, if he had just done that, and smacked her over the head with a brick, I would have been like, eh, I'm going to give this maybe four stars. You shouldn't be killing your mom for alcohol. But but for food, it's all right. <laughs> no, the fact that he kept her corpse and then was eat, feeding off of it for a month, right? that would make me give it a five. But the fact that it happened in Russia, where this type of thing happens every week, yeah, is going to make me give it a 4.25. You're like the professor of sick and wrong algebra. <laughs> it's all about deconstructing the story, Wackerly. I think you need a chalkboard. Be like, and uh, I will carry the one and then do the long division, and it gets a four point. And the Pythagoras theorem dictates three. this. 
<laughs> I'm giving it a 4.3. 4.3? 4. 3. Yes. All right. That's what my calculations show. Well, we'll see what the listeners have to say about that. I'm not People, going to show my work. Get your graphing calculator because you're not going to see my work either. <laughs> so the third story here, I'm going to get through real quick, was sent in from Jules. He says, I could see Simon and Wackerly doing this to a crackhead in the loin. Is keep Jules it sick, a he, keep it he wrong, Jules. You know, I guess I assume that Jules was a guy's name, like the family Jules. You're but probably Jules right. is probably a girl's I know name, one, Julie. I know one Jules that's a Julie, but that's pretty rare. So two British Columbia residents were charged with starving and then hanging a horse. This happened in Victoria, which is right by Vancouver, right? I don't know. So this could, <laughs> this could be Kendra's dad. Uh huh. It could be. It could be her childhood horse. And she it could thinks be her childhood horse. Of. Yeah. You know, little uh, pretty sad. The black stallion. <laughs> the black nag, probably more like at this point. Two Vancouver Island men have been charged with animal cruelty in a bizarre case where, where an elderly, emaciated horse was killed by hanging. Mm-hmm. David Whiffen and Clayton Cunningham, both from Van- the Victoria area, will appear in court if convicted. The two face a maximum fine of ten grand and up to five years in jail, Each. and a prohibition against owning animals. <laughs> That's harsh. They don't want an animal. That's why they're trying to murder the horse. Dude, in England, what would they give you? Like one Stella instead of two Stellas? You know, right. I think it's like a... Unless it was Prince Charles' new girlfriend. Yeah. Then <laughs> <laughs> you get the book thrown at She's kind of horse-faced. Yeah, I would probably... I, I could see them. Her name's Camille, yeah. isn't it? Camille? Parker Bowles. Oh, yeah. Camille Parker Bowles. Camilla. Yeah. Camilla. That's what you said. <laughs> she looks like a horse, right? I don't understand why he'd go from Lady Di... Well, it's actually a pretty good-looking chick. Yeah, but she's a corpse. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying before, before. She's actually a little piece you know? of a corpse. <laughs> but he went from Lady Di, he divorced her, and then he goes to that horse-faced, you know, bird. What about Matthew Broderick's wife? How do you feel about her? Sarah Jessica Parker? Also horse-faced. Yeah, I think she's kind of, uh, she's kind of unholy-looking. There's something Horsey weird face. about her. Is she Jewish? Well, there's just something unnerving about her. I, I think she is a Jewess. I think she changed her name. Uh-huh. But there's just something unnerving about her. What's I don't her know name what again? it is. Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay. Jessica Parker. Yeah. That's a Jewish name. Yeah, she totally <laughs> no, changed it. No, but she it. changed Who it. Who the fuck is she fooling? Yeah, no. It was like Sarah Goldbergstein or something. <laughs> Dershowitz. <laughs> So the, the pair here are accused of allowing a 27-year-old Ampelousa gelding named Jalupe to starve and then tying its neck to the bucket of an excavator, mm-hmm. then raising it so the horse was off the ground. It then died from strangulation. Now, horses have huge necks, yeah, so but- I don't suppose this was a speedy process. Do you think they used a wire or a rope? I would hope. Oh, I don't even know what I would hope. Because you'd want like a strong, thin metal cable, but then at the same time that might start you don't cut, want the cutting into the net or yeah. partially sliced through. It could be especially gruesome. So, and you know the horse is thrashing its legs about like a motherfucker. So for our less, I guess, mechanically inclined individuals out there, what the fuck is an excavator? Like a bulldozer. It's a bulldozer. That's, so and maybe just... with a backhoe on the back end. Right? You could do it from either end, really, though. You just need to. You don't even need to get the horse all the way off the ground, right? You need to get like most of its weight, just to snap its neck off all four of its feet. Yeah. Oh, it's not snapping its neck. It's just going to slowly it's strangulating it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But do you think it's struggling? Yeah. Oh, around, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. The gallows is what you where you snap your neck. I mean, 
if they were to like drop the horse through a hole, a trap door, and then the horse falls like ten feet, and then the then rope it would snap. Jerks yeah, it. This yeah. was being a if you're gonna be hung, you want that. You want the long drop, very secure rope. Uh, you know, sharp, sharply opening trap door. That's what you want. Dude, what would Mister Ed have to say about this? He'd be like, "Get this fucking peanut butter out of my mouth, Wilbur." <laughs> Why so, does the stagehand have his hand up my ass? <laughs> Makes my lips move. It's a pretty good uh, impression there, Wanker. I used to let, watch a lot of Mr. Ed. Yeah. Well, imagine before you actually had internet porn. Right. There's only a couple of things you can jerk off to. Sometimes in the like, you can't. They blocked the shot wrong, and you can see the stagehand with his hand up his ass. <laughs> That's when you blow it. Animal Protection Officer Erica Paul here said, uh, this is right at the other end of the spectrum of animal cruelty. How anybody can do something like this is beyond, beyond my comprehension. Mm-hmm. And which is kind of funny to me because it's not like he fucked the horse to death and then ate it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's horrible that they hung the thing and it had to suffer like that. But Christina on the forum asked that question just before I came over here today. What, if you ever fucked a horse to death and then ate it? If you had to do one thing, I think it's a special question for vegetarians. You had to do one thing or the other, and you have some animal. Pick your animal. You have to either fuck it or eat it. What would you do? A horse, let's say. Ooh, God. I, being a meat eater, I would fuck it and eat it. But what would you do? <laughs> I think I'd probably just eat it. I don't know if you I wouldn't could fuck, fuck a, a horse. horse. I, you know, even why not? You can just close your eyes, put your cock in. I mean, you can put a a pornographic magazine on the horse's ass. I just don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could. Uh, be it's a warm, stimulated it's enough. a warm wet hole. I, you know, I, I still though. I, I think I need <laughs> more than a warm eyes. wet hole. You really think? You Where's can... the intimacy, Wackerly? You stroke its thigh. Is there any postcoital cuddling its, with a horse? Its haunches. <laughs> Why not? You can cuddle. Nobody Seems says you can't cuddle. It's all too natural for you. Okay, let's say dolphin. I would still fuck it and eat it. <laughs> Both. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, Al Mercer here, who is a, a British Columbia resident, said he gave Jalupe the horse to uh, Whiffin a year ago. He was looking for a small horse for his kids to ride. You know, oh. he had an altruistic reason for getting <laughs> this. This was a him. kid's horse? This was his children's horse. <laughs> the horse was older, but he was in pretty good health. I mean, Mercer talked to Whiffin for an hour, thought he had found a good home for the animal. Mm-hmm. Now, Mercer is absolutely devastated. Oh, I'm sure. I delivered the horse to his property, and it looked good. He said that the horse, uh, I guess investigators received a complaint of maltreatment, and they said the horse can process the food because of his age. I guess the medical condition was absolutely ignored by Whiffin. Mm-hmm. The horse's teeth were in bad shape, but there appeared to be no attempt to soak its food hey. so it could get nutrition. Hey, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he strangled his gift horse, actually. Don't do that either. <laughs> so the SPCA... Saw the horse. They saw that it was uh, extremely malnourished, and they were like, you know what? We need you to call a veterinarian and to have this horse euthanized. And the veterinarian came out there and was like, you need to euthanize the horse. For well, Whiffin, how many dollars? Well, I think that was the whole thing. Yeah. Whiffin said he didn't call a veterinarian because it was too expensive. Right. So how much do you think it costs to hang a horse on an excavator? Well, I assume this dude owns the excavator. Do you think he made his kids watch? I would. 
Come on, Johnny boy. I got something to show you. I'm going to teach you about life. <laughs> it's something you're never going to forget. <laughs> come on. Don't tell your mom because she's a cunt. Or yeah. Come here, boy. <laughs> this is our little secret. <laughs> and you can have years later, he's like, my daddy used to drink. <laughs> Did he molest you? No. <laughs> he murdered a large animal in front of me. <laughs> and forced me to watch it. Yeah. So on the but first he fucked it. <laughs> So that's the thing. On the Sick and Wrong Star Scale, it's horrible. I can't even admit this is a fate worse than death. I mean, they yes. could, he could, the guy could have just like shot it in the head. You know, it's completely inhumane. You'd think a guy with an excavator would own a gun, but maybe he thought that wouldn't do the trick. I think it's because the guy had malicious intent. Really, you should do both. Shoot it? You should hang the horse by its neck from the excavator, put a bag over its head, a big garbage bag, and put two in the brain. I can't think of anything else, but... Well, why, why, not, why not give it some poison hay? The horses are big. Have you ever... When was the last time you were around a horse? I actually have, I'm, I'm, I have a fear of horses, okay? <laughs> They're huge, though. They, they scare the hell out of me. And I don't the like hell going do near them. Poisoned hay. I don't like touching them. They smell weird to me. They have teeth. I just... I don't like those things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, horses, camels, no. all those and things. And then you do bag over the head, hang it, and shoot it in the head all, all at the same time. So on the sick and wrong star scale, I'm going to have to give this, I guess the guy didn't fuck the horse, 4.5. I give it 5. It? A 5 star. I'm just picturing this horse twitching and kicking and neighing for like a good 40 minutes. Well, you're just saying that because you're such a fan of Mr. Ed. That's part of it. Childhood masturbation fantasy. Yeah. You I never forget a, it. I think, that's, never, I think that's affecting your you score. You never forget your first one. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. People, go vote. Sickandwrongpodcast.com. Well, here we are at the uh, last third of the show. and The show is broken up into segments. And uh, we're at the phone calls and email segment of Sick and Wrong. Right. We, so got, we got a, a lot bunch of phone calls. Yeah, we got a bunch of phone calls. I got a couple emails I want to get through. So before that, here's a word from our sponsor, adamandeve.com, butt plug November, and then we'll listen to some phone calls. Hey, sick and wrong listeners, this is Trucker Paul. I got to tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack-off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a little dildo when I'm on the road I got my second wife my blow up doll and my jack off sleeve go to adamandeve.com type in the word diddle d-i-d-d-l-e and you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines adios lick my balls Go celebrate Butt Plug November the right way. AdamandEve.com. 50% off your purchase. Three free adult DVDs, central gift, and free shipping. Can't go wrong with that. Diddle. Upon checkout, D-I-D-D-L-E, and reap the savings. Rape the savings. <laughs> Rape the savings on butt plugs. Uh, people, uh, you can call the Sick and Wrong Hotline at 206-666-3846. You can also email us at sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. I know we got a number of uh, phone calls, so uh, Wackley, why don't you play call number one? This is something I did not know was going on in the world. Learn something new every day. Hey, man, man. I'll try to keep this short. I'm assuming you guys have heard of Harry Potter. 
and you've probably heard of the fake sport in the Harry Potter series called Quidditch. Well, I was visiting colleges the other day. Are you with me? Okay, wait. Are you he, with Tesh? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. So Tesh is a frequent poster on the forum. I've right. read a number of his postings. He's saying he was out visiting colleges, mm-hmm. and he came across Quidditch. People playing Quidditch? Well, wait, wait, wait. I mean, you know about Harry Potter, right? Yeah, no, I've, I've, seen, I've seen a couple of the movies. No, I've seen a couple of the movies. Novel franchise, movie franchise. That's the faux sport where they ride around on the... Uh, the broomsticks and they play yeah. badminton, yeah, sort of. And they try and like get this golden snitch and shove it up their ass. It's a shuttlecock, is it? It's a shuttlecock. <laughs> yes, it is. Actually, I just wanted to say that word. Sure. It's a shuttlecock, Wackily. Right. So is, wait, it, is so, it badminton or badminton? It's just they. It's oh, I want to go play with a shuttlecock. <laughs> That's what it's called. So so anyway, they. So Tesh is looking at colleges. He's college bound. He's college bound. He's like what? He's a senior in high school right now. I don't know, but he's looking at colleges. Maybe he's an adult. Maybe right. he just got back from the Marines. I wonder what colleges Tesh is looking at. I don't know. So Wackerly, if you had gone to this college and you saw that one of their premier sports was a Harry Potter faux sport called Quidditch, <laughs> would you just immediately get back in the car and be like, "Mom, Dad, take me home"? I let's hear what Tesh All says. Right. I was surprised to find that every single college I visited had a Quidditch team. What the fuck is the world coming to? <laughs> Where's he looking at colleges in England? Anyway, I began to wonder how the hell you even play Quidditch, considering a large part of it involves people flying around on broomsticks. He's a logical guy. I, th- I really think he's destined to be college-bound, because it's a good point. Quidditch is a fake sport in a fantasy novel where people th- fly around in the sky on brooms. But every college he goes to, they claim to have a Quidditch team, which, uh, you know... Conceivably, maybe how do somebody, they play it? Somebody who's not going to go to college, or maybe is going to go to a community college, would just take that at face value. But Tesh... <laughs> Tesh is wondering... How is it possible to even play this game? And I bet you that Tesh is clever enough to envision how this is played, which I've been to college, and I'm envisioning what happens. I'm, I'm envisioning, yeah. I'm Do you know about, about the Society for Creative Anachronism? No. What is that? Is that, is that like a Renaissance Fair type of guy? Uh, have you ever like, heard of LARPing? LARPing. That's, that's <laughs> kind of what I, was, I thought you were going there. So this obviously is LARP. This is, right. a sport, this is LARP sporting. Well, you like know what I think? The, sporting what, event in the LARP world. And I think Tesh, you know, he isn't in college yet, so he is, I, I don't mean to insult Tesh, but he's probably a little bit sheltered, as he should be, as it, it's good to be. He might, in his hometown, not have experienced LARPing, but of being been through... Seven or eight years of college, <laughs> uh, and don't have a PhD or a master's degree. Rather, uh, I know all about LARPers, <laughs> and I immediately know that this is a, a LARP esque type of activity. He's confused and and saddened at the state of the world, where I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah, those guys are just like these guys over here. And he's continually shocked though, because every campus he's visited, right, has this. LARP event, this Quidditch going on, and so what we so said, LARP is live action, live action role play. That's where people don fake suits of armor and fake swords and fight each other in the lawn. They but don't really hurt wizards. each other. They just sort of fake, not even really bang on each other. Yeah, they're like battle axe, battle axe, and like yeah. the wizard makes noises. Yeah, I had a force field by my level seven 
troll like power. People that like World of Warcraft, but to dress up and do it for real. Right. Yeah, not not with. It should computer. be done in the privacy of your own home, where no one can see you, and it's and yeah, obviously, and no one can actually see how much of a you know full on tool you are. <laughs> so anyway, Tesh is disgusted, saddened, and probably shocked by seeing this Harry Potter sport being played right in front of him. I hear something like that, and I can kind of understand why there would be a VTech massacre. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, it's like if I was in school and all day, you know, when I'm sitting in my dorm room trying to jerk off to whatever kind of porn you I have on my internet, and all I can hear are people screaming and laughing, playing a fake fantasy sport, mm-hmm. there'd be very few things that could dissuade me from going down and getting a machine gun or a handgun or a semi-automatic rifle and just blowing them all away. I see what you're saying, and I know where you're coming from because it's been a long time since you've been in college, and I know where Tesh is coming from because he's saying he's going to go to the game and and write everybody's name down so he can avoid them, but there actually is one thing that makes it all uh, better. And that's bong hits. <laughs> you just take a huge bong hit and watch, you know, Sanford and Son on TV, and, and you don't really care about the Quidditch game anymore. I guess you could take some bong hits and go out Many there and mock hits. them. Or totally forget about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, what about this, Wackily? What if that Quidditch player is getting more ass than you are? Mm, that's pushing the boundary, but I still think... The Dr. College Wackerly Cure is another bong hit. Bong hit. You might need some <laughs> mushrooms or LSD, but if you pump enough drugs into your system, it's not going to matter anymore. Or you'll be freaking out about something else, you know, more minute. I'm actually quite happy that they didn't have uh, Harry Potter back when we were in school. That's a good thing. They had to have something, though, equally as irritating. Oh, I'm surprised they didn't have, like, a Lord of the Rings thing. Like, a Lord of the Rings... I'm sure they had something no, like that. there was something even more current and irritating. And at some point, I'll think about it, and we'll do it as an intro. Yeah, I can't even really think of it. But, but anyway, Tess, you have, a right, you have the right idea there. Avoid those people like the plague. Don't even go anywhere near them. Mm-hmm. Have sex with their women, but don't go anywhere near them. Yeah. Seriously. No. Like, just take names... Write some numbers, and when you do finally go on a murderous rampage and make a name for yourself, go to them first. What do we have for uh, call number two? Uh, sticking with the college theme, um, I think this guy's a professor in Boston. Oh, good. Harvard. Or MIT. A uh, Yaley. Hey, you sticking wrong. This is Paul from Boston. I got an answer for you, but you're Asian. Why guys go for the Asian girls for the craze? Because Asians are like little boys, little 12-year-old boys. These guys that crave the Asian girls, they also crave little boys. They don't want to tell you that. That's your answer. <laughs> Peace. Keep it 
second run. So you're saying that's the professor of Asian studies over at Harvard? I think he's the dean of the Asian studies oh, department. The dean of the Asian studies. Well, he has a very only uh, only the dean would be able to say there's your answer definitively. Well, he has a very evocative theory going on there. <laughs> and actually, you know, it's kind of funny. I you know, Sleazy E has this total Asian fetish. Mm-hmm. He goes to Thailand a lot. Right. There's a lot of young boys in Thailand. Lady boys. Lady boys. Young boys. Mm-hmm. Boys that you can buy for a dollar. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder why Sleazy E likes Thailand so much and likes Asian girls so much. Um, Maybe there's a connection. There are Asian women with huge tits and nice asses, though. Japanese. Is that what that is? Yeah, Japanese chicks. Like Maria chicks. Ozama or something like Japanese. that? Japanese. Japanese chicks have uh, yeah, great asses. Not all of them. Not all of them. There's a lot of Japanese chicks that exactly fit this to a T. Well, there's they, a lot of there's... white girls that have tiny asses. Look at it's Lindsay true. Lohan. Look at I Lindsay know. Lohan. We shouldn't stereotype. No, we shouldn't. Yeah. But you know what it is? It's, you know, you get a stereotype, but the variation within a specific race, which race is even a bullshit definition, right? Nobody can really define yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, the variation within white, black, Asian, mugwump, Indian, whatever, is much greater than variation between the averages of any race. So it's kind of stupid to even talk about this. Yeah, but if we do have a professor here of Asian studies telling us it's one way. Well, so. you're right. And I and I want to get an A. So here's another thing for Tesh. When you're, when you're in college, <laughs> if you want to get a good grade and you have to write a paper or answer an essay question – just write down exactly what the professor said. Don't try and think for yourself. Write down exactly what the professor said in class. Maybe change a couple words, or maybe not, and you'll get an A. Actually, you know, wackily, truer words never spoken. <laughs> Seriously, people, you don't even need to read your textbooks. Just write assiduous notes on the lecture, everything your professor had to say, and then regurgitate that shit when you're writing your essays. A. Yeah. Because that's all the professor wants to hear is what he had to say. He didn't write that textbook. Yeah. Why did What's-Her-Name from Wuthering Heights, you know, go for Heathcliff? Well, it's because she secretly had a, has a penis or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Your professor's going to say something like that, and then when you write the, your essay on the exam, just write, yes, it was because her penile envy and she really did have a penis and blah, 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 blah. Even if you don't think that. And quote support anything your professor has to say. So like with yes. this guy, when you go in there and you're like, why do Asian, you know, why do guys have this fetish for Asian women? Because they like to fuck little boys in the asses. Exactly. Professor. A plus. I want to smoke <laughs> weed with you later. Meet me outside the building. So uh, what do we have here for our third caller? All right. Well. Also, segueing into this. Oh, is there a backstory with this call? A couple of the listeners met each other, which I never recommend. If you know each other before you listen to the show and you listen together, that's fine. But for two people to come together through the show can lead to no good. It's interesting, though, because we pointed this out that we inadvertently created this community of people with the forum. Right. I mean, we did, the forum isn't our creation, per but se. But it's not just the forum. It's listeners in general. Listeners in general, but they came through. The meeting place is the forum, so a lot of people meet each other. I don't know if I necessarily condone this practice. I mean, a we don't the, even, we don't even like meeting via, fans anyway. But a lot of them meet via Facebook also. Yeah, I think it became now it carried over to Facebook. Here's what happened. This guy uh, from the forum ended up going out and hanging out with uh, Duramater, right? Duramater, 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 whatever, in St. Louis, and he traveled all the way out there to go uh, hang out with There's Phoenix from the forums, and he went out there to go hang out. I don't know if it was like necessarily like a tryst type of situation, like a love connection going on, or just a friendship drinking thing. 
And you know what? They're really both really drunk, and I'm not even going to play this whole call, but let me just give you a sample. A little sample, okay. Well, they called multiple times. But this call right here was uh This was the most coherent. Particularly drunken, yeah. ...and, like, roll with, like, this fucking, like, just shit that she can't even fucking reach to clean out. What? Oh, fuck. Yeah, not, fuck, not even Asian, dude. Like, fucking whiter than white. Like, she's just... Oh, oh my god, dude. You've been duped, dude. So is he describing <laughs> what Duramater looks like right now? He's complaining that the experience of being with Duramater, Mater, is not the same as seeing her pictures on the internets. Okay, so he's saying he was misled by the pics on the internet. Right, and she's encouraging him to point out all of her, dif- her faults or, or discrepancies. Okay. Maybe not faults, you know, she has big fat So he's fold. saying she's a big fat white chick. Yes. Dude, like, we all have. I mean, it fucking sucks, man. Like, I got out here, and I was all excited and shit, and, like, I got here, and she's fucking, like, fucking Jabba the Hutt, like, rolling up in this See, fucking... So, so it's going on for a minute. It's it's a one one joke. <laughs> you could have gotten it out in 15 seconds. But you know what, though? Going I'm on. sure that happens quite frequently. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about this, people. You speak to someone over the internet. No yeah. matter what their picture they use as their avatar, what pics they have up on Facebook, you really don't have any idea that's that that's that person. I don't. I mean, honestly, I, I put my pictures up, but they're pictures from ten years ago that I Photoshop my ten year old head on to my. I always put like a ten year old body. Both parts of my body are photoshopped. Well, I'm pretty good at Photoshop, so I can like. Put, I, that's I. That's I mean, you're a godsend to me. I always put like a bigger bulge, like in my crotch area. Mm-hmm. Like See, I lessen the, the bulge in my gut area. Well, you should lessen the bulge there, but I mean, I think it's a good idea for most guys to increase the bulge in the crotch area because that makes girls wet. I don't really need to do that because I actually, in real life, put a sock down. (laughs) That's that's a good idea too. Yeah, it's it's not Photoshop. It's 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 called padding. It's in real life. Yeah. <laughs> it's real shopping. Yeah, it's real like a giant winter wool tube sock <laughs> is always in my crotch. But it still makes girls just as wet. But what I'm saying it's here good with, for everything. It's not just girls. It's like job advancement. Um, you know, getting a taxi to stop for you. Confidence. Um, you know, getting a, a good good seat in a restaurant. If you yeah. have a giant bulge in your pants, uh, they you know, know you're happy to be there. They just know I'm a force to be reckoned with. Well, you know, you're taking care of business, TCIB, <laughs> all right? <laughs> but so what's interesting about this, though, what do you expect when you go and meet someone online that you don't even know? You're going all the way out there to go meet this person. I'd almost expect them to be, you know, a huge, fat, grotesquely deformed individual. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just look forward to it. But that's just all, you know... On the surface, I would also expect them to just be a horrible person for us to not get along very well, them to not be very happy with me. You gotta admit, though, it takes some balls to travel. Where does this guy live? Does he live in California? I think he lives somewhere in California. So the fact that uh, he he flew from California to the Midwest to go hang out with DM right. definitely took some balls. So, um, you know, I commend him for that. So anyway... Too bad he was disappointed. Yeah, I do wonder, do you think he got laid? Uh, I don't know, but can I get into the next call? Because uh, we, this is the the show of segues between calls, and uh, these calls are all connected. It's good. It's all connected, and now we get to the question of was it worth it? Okay, was it worth it? That's the question. Ready? Yeah. Hey, the lad. This is Alert Norian from your forums, and uh, just 
wanted to call to let you know some uh, some of the shit I did to Phoenix while he was out in Minnesota, fucking around. He was actually in Missouri, not Minnesota. Like his roommate doesn't even know her. His Phoenix is like, look, if there's an emergency, if my parents call, I'm in Missouri. Yeah, right, Minnesota. Goodbye. <laughs> his roommate doesn't even care. No. Fucking around with Thornator. Went into his room, supposed to feed his cat. Decided to take pictures of myself defiling his uh, rock band drum set and remote control. <laughs> I put my balls on his remote control. <laughs> took a picture of it and sent it to him and Doyle while they were eating dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Phoenix. <laughs> With friends like that, who needs enemas, really? That was the best call. Yeah, no, that, that was the, the best call here of the week. But it's pretty funny to, to know that you're like, you know, your roommate, you're like, hey, dude, I'm going to be gone. Can you can you feed my cat? Can you feed little you know, sprinkle toes. Right. Can yeah, I'll feed him some that? pews and an Arabian sand goggle. <laughs> it's like, you know, as soon as you get out of that house, he's tearing through your room, looking for your porno collection, shoving your rock band controller up his ass, sticking his <laughs> balls on your pillow. Who knows what he's doing with your toothbrush? Seriously, or I cat. never trust friends. Or cat, yeah. for that matter. But so, yeah, I guess if you, if, you know, considering this uh, this call you just heard, was it worth it? Well, we don't know what happened between Phoenix and Duramater, so he's going to have to make that call, and, and maybe we'll get some information later. So I guess if sex was had, then it probably was worth it. Mm-hmm. But maybe he just had a good time getting wasted with Dura and uh, getting drunk in uh, the Midwest. So it might be worth mm-hmm. coming back and then uh, and encountering your soiled rock yeah. band controller. So Phoenix went out there and had a list of several checkboxes, and he checked them all off, so they get to Missouri drink, have dinner, uh, not have my roommate defile my <laughs> controllers, and uh, and then just go back home. And that was the last box he checked, and he went back. Yeah. and uh, so, so I guess it was, it was a successful trip. Maybe it was mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. I did all the things I wanted to. Well, we'll have to find out some more details. But it's it's comforting to me to know that uh, we bring people together. Yeah. People can call Sickerong Hotline 206-666-3846 or email us at sickerongpodcast.com. We gotta get going, but a couple emails that we got that I that I feel um, noteworthy, and uh, we, we should bring them up here. Uh, one in particular was sent by Big Papa Johnny. He writes, "Dean Wackerly, the guy said the devil's three way, not the double three way. This is a common term for two guys, one girl. Keep it sick, keep it wrong, keep up the great shit." I have no idea what he's talking about. I guess it's a common term. For you remember how I uh, you were so drunk you probably don't even remember. <laughs> there a call came in where the guy you thought the guy said double three way, uh-huh. but he wasn't. He didn't say double three way. He said devil's three way, which is two guys, one girl. Yeah, that's what people say. Uh, it's the devil's three way that we right. had here. All right, I call it an MMF. <laughs> MMF M-F-M. devil's three way. Well, I think they called devil's three way because the guys are like, man, this sucks. There's another dude here. If it was an yeah. angel three way, it'd be like five chicks and one dude. But you know what's interesting? <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything. You, you know what's interesting? Uh, I, I read on the forum, Pig Boy Taro. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. He's that brilliant filmmaker from Japan. Way more brilliant than this show. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Very talented. I don't know talented. why he's paying tribute to us. We should be paying tribute to him. Very talented. And it was good to see his uh, rear his grotesque face on the forum. But anyway, he pointed out that he prefers having devil's three ways to regular three ways because he said regular three ways are too much work. 
He's like, you know, he goes, you're sitting there and, uh, you know, you got to fuck two chicks. You got to do all this work. And he's like, when you have a uh, devil's three-way, let the other guy do some work. Then maybe go and, uh, you know, plug a couple holes and sit back, relax, go back to work. Yeah. Well, I'm on record as not being a fan of the three because of the repercussions. And like, yeah, if you're doing a three with your girlfriend, it probably is a lot of work. But if I'm paying for the other two chicks, you know, two prostitutes, I don't, I don't give a fuck how much work I do. I'm yeah, paying you. Exactly. I'm going to sit back and drink. You chicks, two chicks go at it. And, um, uh, you know, I'll I'm fucking in. this one chick and the other one, she can ride me and you sit on my face. That's not a lot of work. You'll be like, I'll come in for the last 30 seconds of the uh, stage show, okay? Right, or I'll, or I'll <laughs> blow it, go play some Xbox and come back. And, and have it yeah. still going on. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. a perpetual three ways with 69. Girl, three ways with where one of the girls is your girlfriend. That's the problem. That's where you have to do a lot of work. That's where you, there's like lots of emotional trauma involved, potentially. Take it from Wackerly. It's always better to hire some hookers. Yeah. So there you go, people. Devil's three-way, not double's three-way. Sorry about that. Oh, we got an e- another email here from Jack. He goes, hey, guys, I've sent a few stories before, and I post a little on the forum. I thought it was time. I showed something in return for your awesome podcast. Thank you, Jack. I wish more people did that. First, I'm a guy, so I'm not sending you pictures of my balls. Boo. Well, thank you for that, too. Oh, I mean, yeah, thanks. Instead, I've done you guys some fan art on Photoshop. It's hard to explain, but you love the pictures. I've included three different versions with different lighting. Use your favor or whatever. Just give me some credit. You know, he actually did a pretty good job. It was a pretty good shoot. It was like, uh, you know the Slayer photo where the guy scrawled Slayer into his arm with a knife? Yeah, that's a great album, although this, I don't remember the uh, name of it. Well, someone, uh, Jack took a picture of some dude's arm. Maybe it was his own arm. <laughs> and it looks like he scrawled in sick and wrong with like blood. I hope it was a Photoshop. Yeah, I hope it, I really sake. do hope it was a Photoshop. So we'll we'll post it on the uh, the main page, com. So thank you, Jack, for doing that. And we do appreciate any fan art. He goes, my name's Jack. I'm from England. And when I'm not writing my penny farthing, drinking tea, or eating scones, <laughs> I love listening to your podcast. Huh. Or oh. tending to his garden, maybe. What is a penny farthing? It's a bicycle. It's a bicycle? It's like one of those high wheelers. Oh, the high wheelers. Okay, yeah, I think yeah, so. I know. It's something like that, yeah. I, th- I think I'm going to remember that term and use that every time I make fun of limeys. Or just farthing. people who ride bikes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's multifaceted. So we got one more email here, which is actually a pretty cool story. I'm going to kind of blow through this really quickly here. I recently found the podcast, and I've been catching up on some back episodes. You guys are hilarious and help pass the day at work. Here's a story you may like, though I will admit it's certainly not among the best I've heard on the show. It's not good enough to make it, but you might get a laugh. You know, I actually do think it's good enough to share here on the show. Mm -hmm. While I was deployed to Iraq, my team was assigned to overwatch a home just outside of town owned by a suspected insurgent. Around 4 a.m., just as 3rd Squad was getting in position to breach the door, I heard muffled laughter. I crawled over to my SAW gunner's position to find out what was so damn funny that it's he was... sick and wrong gunner's position? <laughs> I don't know what that means, SAW. It, means sick and wrong. it would be great if it was. <laughs> the guy with the official iPod who listens to it, and then when something funny comes up, he gathers the group and it's like, you gotta hear this part. Every time he's at battle, he's wearing like the shirt over his camo <laughs> fatigues. Um, I wanted to find out what was so damn funny that he was willing to risk giving away our position. Yeah. He never answered, instead pointing to the thermal sight on his weapon. So they were looking at this at night. Mm-hmm. I looked 
through it to see a man fucking a donkey. This Not is just like predi- it. predator shit. Yeah. Like, the future is now, people. But you could actually see this. Like, uh, through the thermal sight, a guy fucking the shit out of a donkey. He goes, I mean, really getting after it. Smacking it and just generally just grudge fucking. Grabbing its big, long ears. <laughs> its bridle was tied to a wall, and as it tried to turn away, he followed it and hit it. I guess all that moving around was messing up his rhythm and pissing him off. So just about the time he finished, um, Third Squad breached the door. He immediately ran to his AK, which was propped against the wall of the building. Instead of shooting the soldiers, he shot the donkey. Well, he probably knew he was going to die, and there's probably some bullshit Islamic rule that like you can't get into heaven if you fucked an animal that's still alive when you die. Something. He goes, I'm not sure why he felt the need to kill the donkey. He hadn't it suffered enough. I just gave my idea. <laughs> maybe that's what he up. says. Uh, maybe he was getting rid of the witness, or maybe it was if I can't have her, no one else can. That's true. That's kind of he what doesn't I want believe. the Yankees coming in and fucking his donkey while he's dead, <laughs> lying there on the ground. That's bullshit. He goes, "I never got a chance to ask the guy because then he started firing at our boys, and that rarely goes well for the Haji." <laughs> so thanks for putting together the podcast. Keep it up. Keep it wrong. Notice I didn't say anything about keeping it sick. Fuck you, D. Simon. <laughs> Jason, postscript, all hail Wackerly. Yeah. Wacker's got these <laughs> rabid fans out there, but it's nice to have fans that, that have AK-47s. I know. I know. I, I, I I'm should, waiting uh, for them to come back and you know support my revolution. But, you know, we both support the troops. I support the troops. You've said some shitty things in the past. I think that's why. What? That they like to kill brown people? <laughs> <laughs> that's do? a compliment. <laughs> no, something else. I don't know. I, I lick their asses because that's just my thing. Well, thank you, Jason, for sending that in. And we do always love to hear Iraq stories. So, people, send us, a, send us an email, sickerrollpodcast at hotmail.com. Well, I think the show's gone and fuck on. fuck those donkey fuckers up <laughs> <laughs> with extreme prejudice. Well, I think the show's gone on uh, long enough here. So, we got to no, get No, really? Out of here. Let's go for yeah. a third hour. <laughs> People, check out the Sigurong forum if you haven't uh, signed up already. Just go to SigurongPodcast.com. There's a link to it right off the main page. There's a bunch of people on there right now, like over 3,700 members. Uh, there's a couple funny threads from this week. One of my favorites in particular was that Wacker is quite pissed off about being outed with his real name on, uh, on the forum. Yes. I thought that was kind of funny. It's do we, like, are we going to get into this? No, I don't want to go too much into it because you—I mean—you don't really care. But it was like it was like unmasking Rorschach from The Watchmen. Give me my face! Give me my face! Here's the thing, people. Just—I know this isn't going to sink in, but I'm going to try. The alias isn't there to keep you people from my my real name. The alias is there to keep people I know in my real life, like my employers, family members. You know, past friends from knowing about this fucked up thing. So, you know, I mean, D, you're the same way. I mean, we have jobs that we have to do. I mean, we don't. Yeah, but the internet Sherlock Holmes found my <laughs> name out like years ago. Like two years ago. There are people like, oh, it's Dave. Your real name's Dave. It's like, okay, go pat yourself on the back. Buy yourself a fucking yeah. lollipop. Mine too. You know, who really cares? Mine and too. It's funny, though, to me when you get, you get this, like, you know, young kid who, uh, Makes this brilliant internet revelation and is like laughing my ass off because he found out the real name. My the thing that pissed me off because other people have done it didn't piss me off, but that he posted my Facebook page. But nobody can really see the details. And you can't. All, you don't have to add anybody. And but I was hungover when I saw it and I got quite aggravated. I thought it was kind of. But funny. now I'm over it. 
I, I thought it was I thought it was kind of amusing just because this kid seemed to be so gratified from this. And it's just like, first of all, we host a podcast. It's not that big of a deal. And second of all, everyone knows my fucking name already. So it doesn't really matter. I Once again, let me reiterate. I don't care about podcast fans knowing my real name. I care it's, about my real life people, <laughs> employers, friends, past friends, family exactly. members knowing about my podcast name. That's why there's an alias. I think what you really care about is the fact that you share the name of a gay black porn star. No, that dude's awesome. He's way better than <laughs> he, ta- he takes like huge black cocks in his ass and has millions of fans across the world, gay fans, of being, you know, this black power bottom. I'm I mean, to think, uh, he's I, embarrassed about being named my name. Was I the one that pointed that out like years ago in college? No, no, I've always known Someone that. else? Oh, okay. Well, you think you're the first person? You, didn't, you think I didn't Google myself before you Googled me? <laughs> Why were so, you Googling me? <laughs> so people, because I just wanted to find out if you had the same name as a gay black porn star. There is, there's also another uh, porn director back in the Russ Myers days, like who uh, directed straight, big tit, like sort of softcore Russ Meyer era porn. Maybe it's your uh, grandfather, your pep pep. I would think it could be that. your pep pep. Yeah. He's a, he's too obscure to even Google anymore. I tried yeah. to Google him. You can't find him. So people, thank you for subscribing to the show on iTunes and giving us so many comments. We actually did rise in the rankings this past week. Really? I was, I was a little surprised. So people, Hey dude, do it with me. Yeah. Pat, pat on pat the back. Pat on the back. <laughs> pat on the back. Big ups to us. So people keep subscribing to the show on iTunes. Keep giving us comments. Help out the show. Another big way to help out the show. The main way to help out the show is to buy a goddamn t-shirt. We just made the new Sick and Wrong t-shirts. You can go buy the new one right after the Sick and Wrong store. And uh, yeah, you can just buy a t-shirt and support the show. Uh, the price also includes shipping and handling, so I don't think we're going to screw you even more with how much a shirt costs. Yeah. But it is the best way to support the show. Buy a tea and then become part of the swarm. Uh, this week, we're also going to put up the Gacy Sick and Wrong stickers I've been talking about for the past three weeks. <laughs> so you'll be able to buy stickers and t-shirts at the Sick and Wrong store. Our profit margins are pretty thin. These are nice shirts. Any, yeah, actually, as anybody who got one can testify. It's not some shitty cafe. A lot of people have been ordering them. I don't know if I'm going to reprint this one because it's kind of expensive for us because it's two-sided. Two-color two and two-sided. But yeah, like I sent out, I like uh, it. I think I sent out nine shirts today. So, uh, I think it's yeah. the best one we did. People get them while they last. Finally, here's Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. is uh, I'm going to do a tribute here, actually. I uh, hung out with Renee from the forum and her boyfriend Ryan, who's in a band called Off With Their Heads this past weekend. They opened up for uh, Coxbar. It's big, uh, you know, Coxbar, the oi band? No. Oh, they, anyway, Coxbar <laughs> played uh, at the Great American Music Hall and uh, Off With Their Heads opened up for it. And uh, yeah, we partied late night over at the Phoenix Hotel, got really, really wasted. Have you ever been to that place, the Phoenix? The Phoenix Hotel? No. Say, over there by that Taco Bell on Larkin and uh, Eddie, kind of right where CZ I know the Taco lives. Bell. Yeah, there's well, there's an old hotel. A lot of bands used to play there, and they tried to like it used to be called something else. Like, it used to be called like the Bambuda or something. I don't know. It used to have a different name, right? Or maybe the club inside it used to. But anyway, they recently renovated the place and tried to make it like seem a little more upscale. Is it really just- a hotel or just a venue? No, it's a, there's a club, and there's a, a pool outside, and there's a hotel. It's kind of like a California, like a L.A.-style hotel. Southern California, yeah. A Southern That's California. I'm getting, yeah. Well, what's funny about it is they recently tried to renovate this place and right. make it kind of... 
a little more upscale rather than just being a tenderloin dive hotel. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, you know, how many rubber plants you put in the room or, you know, if you change out the curtains, you're still never going to hide that dead hooker smell. <laughs> Actually, there is enough. If you put enough rubber tree plants in the place that nobody can even get in, then nobody will know yeah. how shitty it is. So but there I mean, is a there is a quantity of rubber tree plants that will Ensure that you have a class. That you won't, yeah, that you won't actually smell it. But, you know, it's like we're sitting there and I'm like, God, you know, this is kind of a nice room, but it still smells like a dead hooker and beer fart. Yeah. You know, that's just kind of what it did. But it was fun hanging Are out with Are you sure with, you uh, weren't emanating beer farts? You know, it might have been me. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder when I smell beer farts. But the dead hooker wasn't come... the dead hooker wasn't my fault. I I will I'm with you on that. But I want to say uh, big ups to uh, Renee and Ryan. Had a good time hanging out with you. So we're gonna end the show here with "Off with Their Heads" with a song called "Until the Day I Die." So uh, that's gonna be the sick wrong song of the week. Before we get out of here, let's do a shot for Ken Ober. Uh, well, yeah, I wanted to get in the memorial before we ended this. All right, yeah. So um, yeah. none of our listeners know what the fuck we're talking. You know, about. I except bet for you, the uh, older crowd. Yeah, I bet you the older, the aged hipsters that used to watch MTV in the what, late eighties, early nineties. Here's a quick little history. MTV was all music, right? For a while, and all all day long videos. This is pre that horrible reality television they used to play, or that they still play. That's all they play now. Yeah. And then they came out with something like the MTV News, right? So then there's some guy who does like, oh, hip rock and roll news. Kurt Loader. And, yeah, yeah, that Kurt guy Loader. He's cool. And then one day you came home and you're like, I wonder what videos are on and cool. And you turn on MTV and there's like a fucking game show. And yeah. You're like, what the hell is this? And it's called Remote Control. And it's a game show about TV that like... You can you actually know the answers even though you're like fucking thirteen because you're like oh I watch that TV show all the time it was, it was awesome it was Ken Ober with uh, Colin Quinn and Colin Quinn and Kari Wurr I forgot about that yeah maybe they had a different girl but I remember Kari Wurr because she was she super did it hot. for yeah she was super hot she did it for a while and so it was this and like when you lost the game at the end of the game there'd be like three contestants and the person who were like who was like in last place would be get like catapulted behind the wall oh yeah I and remember then it'd be that. a showdown between the last two people it was. It was very wacky and in the vein of like Pee Wee's Playhouse. But it also appealed to us at that time because we could a- actually answer the question. And it wasn't a serious game show. Like mostly it was just tongue them, in cheek. It was no, them it was fucking joking around and fucking around. It was great. So Ken Olbert, he's like fifty five years old. He fucking died from a heart attack. He must have been a drug. Wow. Yeah. Did you? Must have been doing coke. Cocaine had to be involved with that yeah, one. I heard he was or like, marijuana suppositories. Not good marijuana suppositories. <laughs> <laughs> he did a couple of game shows after that that nobody knew about. I think he was writing on um, he ch- did he go Mind for the prices right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. That's not a joke. So God, I, I that's one comedian I will never stand. By. I'll never toast to Carlos Mencia. Yeah, but uh, you know Ken Olber still working. You know, writer. Yeah, good, good on him. And good Colin Quinn still doing stuff. So yeah, Cheers, good on uh, Ken, man. Good on Ken Olber. We're gonna miss you. God, dude, that Jägermeister's just killing me. <laughs> People, we'll be back next week with episode 202. Until then, take it sleazy.
I fought, fought, I fought on you in the night, in your dreams, because you're a Jew. In the night, I'm a Jew, and you're a Jew, you're a Jew, you're a Jew, you're a Jew.